Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor Joaquin G. Molina invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Lord, our thoughts are not your thoughts. What attracts us in the natural is not attractive to you. And here we are in your house, Lord, and we're here before a preacher. We're here at the house of God in the place of worship. And your words are falling on deaf ears, Lord, because our plans are not according to your plans. Our ways are not according to your ways. And you call and you lift up your voice and you said, if anyone could hear, if anyone thirsts, let them come and let them receive what I have for them. Lord, help us to hunger and thirst for the things of God. Help us to have an appetite to want to present ourselves before you in a manner which is acceptable and pleasing. We give you thanks for what you've done on your side through Jesus Christ, Lord. He died on the cross that we might be forgiven. His blood was shed so that there, the redemption plan can begin. You have shed your grace upon us that we can build, O oh God, according to the grace that you've given where each one is to build, O oh God, so that we can be useful in this side of eternity, O oh God. To do your work as men and women who love you and love your work upon the earth, Lord. We pray that your word this morning would just reach in the deep part of our heart. That we might understand your ways, Lord. For many are the trials of the righteous, Lord. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But you've promised to deliver us out of all of them, Lord. And so help us with your spirit to open the eyes of our understanding and to see things. To understand your things. And to hear your spirit calling us, Lord. Prosper your word in the heart of your people. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. From time to time, we listen to biblical stories and they have no direct correlation. They, they don't connect. We, we say that, that must be about something else on another day. But many are the times where something happens in your life that makes a Bible story come alive. And this past week, that happened to me, where one of the men that I've been mentoring for a whole year decided to, to become a prodigal. And it reminded me a lot of, of, of that chapter in chapter 15 of Luke, where Jesus tells the story of a certain man. It's called the parable of the lost son. It's called the parable of the prodigal son. And as we read that parable, and a lot of us are very familiar, if you've been around church circles for a while, you know what a prodigal son is. And you're seeing that that story that Jesus shared, it was so important as, as he began to illustrate, because these stories that Jesus told begin to illustrate the heart of God. It tells us and shares with us the spiritual truths that we wouldn't otherwise understand unless these stories came. The greatest story ever told was the birth of Jesus and coming to this world. And, and we, we know the Bible story of redemption and the Savior's birth. But this story of the prodigal son directly illustrates for us and shows us the heart of God towards lost humanity. And the, the, the story is filled with so many I mean, what, what an excellent story. I think it's the most powerful story that Jesus shared. It has so many of the human dynamics that, that we can relate with. Every 
Every sentence of that story contradicts what we feel is right. Um, We start there in Luke chapter 15. It says, there was a certain man who had two sons. And the beginning, it sounds like a great story. I mean, you know, here this man is, there's a family involved. And it says there, we're reading Luke 15, verse 11. The younger one came up to dad. It's very usual that that the younger ones, right? They're the ones that, that, they're bolder. They, They go out and do crazy stuff. And he says, Father, give me the portion of the goods that are mine. Give me what is mine. I'm reminded that I've been that young son many times where I've wanted the portion that's mine before time. How many are like that? I remember a friend of mine, she went to culinary art school. She became a chef, one of the youngest chefs that ever graduated from from, uh, Johnson's Culinary Art School. And as soon as she graduated, she went out and she put a a high-end restaurant. And I'm thinking, a restaurant? Right out of chef school? But a lot of us are like that. We want our provision with, say with me, no character. In other words, we're not ready. We want what God has for us, and we're, Lord, you know, the 10-year-old boy that tells his dad, I, I want to drive your car. And you're like, you're crazy. Maybe if you sit on my lap, you could pretend you're driving the car, but you're not, you're not driving no car, and it's not good that you would have a car. And a lot of us are like that in many ways. We're asking God for great big things. But we're not ready for them. And, and the reason why we're asking like that, it's a good desire, but, but God wants first there to be this aspect of character. The father went along with this young man's plan, and he divided his spoils and distributed to the son the portion that was his. Um, the story is fascinating because we're saying he shouldn't have asked for what he was asking for, and if he was asking for it, the father shouldn't have given it to him. But there's another dynamic, the the gifting of the Father. And the story has more twists. And we begin to see the, the wrong side and the right side of humanity, how this young man receives. It says in 13, verse 13, Not many days after, the younger man, the younger son, gathered all his belongings and took off to a far country. I don't know what that means to you, but now, 30 years later, I read this, and I see a big S on his chest, not for Superman, but for selfish. I see that that's our character, too. You see people come to the family of God, and they're empowered, they're gifted, they're given everything God has for them, and then they take off far from home. They take off far from the land. And, and Proverbs 18.1 explains for us why somebody would separate themselves from the family. Proverbs 18.1 says that it's because of selfishness. He who isolates himself is because he's thinking of his own ways. A man who isolates himself never 
Never think it a second that when somebody separates themselves from their family, the only thing that's taking place is that he's seeking his own desire. He's selfish. He's looking for his own interest. He's looking for his own increase. Again, say with me, lack of character. No character there. What is God looking for? Character. He's looking for depth, but not a person who separates himself. A person who separates himself is only looking for himself. And the Bible says that he rages against all wise judgment. It's never good. Say never good to separate yourself. In fact, the devil's work is to isolate and separate ourselves. When I see one of the sheep in the fold in the church, and when I see them vulnerable, when I see that the devil is trying to destroy them, I try to get them involved. I try to to bring them in. Get, Get into what's going on here. You'll be safe. You'll be safe. If you isolate yourself, you're vulnerable to being destroyed. You're walking in selfishness. You're walking in a mindset that's not God's mindset. And the prodigal son was doing just that. And so if you see the whole story time and time and time again, the only thing that's going on here is that this man is walking, he's he's thinking, he's talking and walking without character. I I, I hope that, that when you think, you plug into the thoughts of God. I hope that when you're putting, you're formulating your plans, You think like God thinks. He says, my ways are not your ways. My words are not your words. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Well, God, I want your thoughts. I want to think like you think so that I'm not lost in the opposite aspect, which is called vanity. You're living the moment. You're just doing what what you see right now. You're, You're thinking what you hear right now. And God doesn't want us to do that. The whole the whole molding of God's character in our life is that we would we would project future outcome how is this gonna what what's the future a young woman's telling her husband I, I want to finish our relationship what's the future the day your daughter gets married are you going to want to be there are you going to want to want to to bring her to the altar to honor her marriage like you've honored your own or are you just thinking the moment you're just thinking I got what I need I'm getting out of here. I don't feel right now. And this man, it says he took off to a far country. And ready for this? He wasted his possessions with wild living. Everything he had, he spent. This last week, we we saw the interview of this man, Ted Williams, who's the man with the golden voice. They found him as a homeless man. How many saw that? They found him as a homeless man, far from home, far from his mom, far from his future, far from the destiny of the gifting of God for his life. Let's watch this very quick for those of you that didn't see this, so you can appreciate what happened this week with a prodigal son. This story is fascinating. Hey, I'm going to make you work for your dollar. Say something with that great radio voice. When you're listening to nothing but the best of oldies, you're listening to Magic 98.9. Thank you so much. God bless you. 
Thank you. And we'll be back with more right after these words. And don't forget, tomorrow morning is your chance to win a pair of tickets to see this man live in concert. <laughs> I just said, well, hey, I can't be an actor, I can't be an on-air personality, but the voice just became something of, uh, of a development over years, and I went to school for it. And then alcohol and drugs and a few other things became a part of my life. And I got two years clean. He called me on my birthday. He didn't even know how old I was. He was telling people I'm 92. I'm not no 92, I'm 90. He lost a good job. He destroyed his family through drugs. So there's, I prayed and prayed, but I always said, I guess my prayers wasn't strong enough. It never got through to him. And I went out there and they're talking about the man with the golden voice. I said, who is that? That's your son. He come from a nice family, and then he went poor, poor. So maybe this will build him up. More right after these words. <laughs> a modern day prodigal son. A man who went far from his country, wasted all his possessions by wild living. And so a lot of preachers have preached this message and, and a lot of sermons have been preached about the prodigal son. And you know something? We look at what God has done. We, so we see the heart of God in this message because it says that when he had spent all that he had, he began to tend to some pigs. And, and I, I can tell you that, that a lot of prodigal sons think it's going to go well with them and they continue to degenerate and deteriorate and one day they find themselves having lost all the wealth that God has for them. And so as I see this message in Luke 15, this, this story that Jesus tells, it depicts the heart of God and his love for the lost. And we see that clearly. We see the role of God's character. Can you agree with me that God's character is not at issue? God doesn't have to do anything. He's there and he has the full character of forgiveness, of love, of generosity, of kindness, of faithfulness, of, of redemptive love. He's there. And he's there for all of us, all the time. But the issue is us. And our inability to develop character, our inability to, to be faithful to what God wants to construct in our lives. Character is the ultimate issue here. And character determines whether you're going to inherit the goodness of God in an administration that's going to be awesome and incredible, or character is going to determine that you lose everything. Character determines whether you'll be faithful steward of what God gives you. Character determines whether your marriage will survive, whether your family will stay together. We want to say it's the devil, but it's not. It's character. We want to be, we could identify with the prodigal son. Everybody talks about how he lived it up with the women, with the wine, with the partying. I'll tell you why, because he only looked at the temporary. He looked at the now. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to man. That's scary as heck. That's real scary. Why? Because it seems right. There's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. This is, uh, this is a good thing. This, I'm going to feel better. But the Bible says the very end is death. 
Character doesn't allow you to see where you're driving. Doesn't allow you to see the decisions you're making based on temporary lack of character end up in, in nothing, the big goose egg, the big zero. There's no return for decisions made, for plans that are developed without character. This man was walking in sentiments of pride, rebellion, self-sufficiency. He was walking uh, defying his father's counsel. This is not about God's need to change. This parable wasn't given us. Yeah, there's a side of it that explains the nature of God. He, like a father, wishes that no man would perish. He wishes that no marriages would finish. He wishes that no families would be broken. But this parable is not for God. This parable, this story is not for God. It's for us. It's for us to meditate upon and say, you know something? I don't want to start like this man getting everything together in my 60s. You know, now they've given him contracts for Kraft Cheese, the voice of Kraft Cheese. Now the Cavaliers have hired him. Now they want him to do commercials. But, but he's, he's lost families. He's lost children. He's lost all the precious wealth that God gave him. And you see him on the outside. I was like in shock. I said, I've heard this voice before. This is like the, the perfect radio voice, the perfect advertisement voice. We tend to look on the outside. We tend to concentrate on the appearance. 1 Samuel 16, 7, when they chose the sons of of, Sam, uh, of, of Jesse to bring him to be the next king. God had to rebuke the prophet, the man of God. He says, listen, God is not interested in your outside. God doesn't care about what you appear to be. He doesn't care about your stature, your size. I've refused that. This world is big on the other stuff. They're big on the outer man, the appearance, the temporal. I need to have now. I need to have it now. Even if I have to get in debt to get it, I need it now. And then all of a sudden he says, for the Lord does not see what man sees. The Lord is not looking at the outward appearance. The Lord is judging the character. He's judging the heart. A lot of religious Places of worship, they're, they're only feeding, feeding the chickens just to keep them busy. They're not holding them accountable to character. They're just throwing the corn out so they could just have enough for today. You know, let's, let's spend 10 minutes on the word of God and 45 minutes picking up money. No, God wants character to be developed. God wants you to understand that at the end of all, God is looking at your heart of hearts. What's, what, what are you going to leave? What, what's substantive? What's weighty? It's not wood, hay, and straw. That stuff is not going to be around when the tough times come. Luke 16, 15, Jesus says, You are the guys that want to look good in the eyes of men. But God sees a little bit farther into your character. What men think is impressive God thinks it's an abomination. It's disgusting. It's nauseating. We live on the exterior. We live on the outside. We live on the appearance. God wants to, wants to take us to the heart. Let me tell you something that, that 
what we have suffered as children has not been the house your parents lived in, the cars they drove, the restaurants they didn't eat at. That's not what affected us as children. It's the covenant of marriage, the giving of your word. Did you give your word? Did you give your word? Yeah, but I took it back. Because there's no character. Because where there's character, you could say like Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away before when I say something, it's not going to happen. We wake up every morning and put a thermometer outside and find out what the weather is. Today I like you. Then the next day comes. Today I don't like you. No character. Nothing. There's no substance. I, I was so blessed. The other day we were sitting with, with George Caracol's little girl. How old is she? 13? 12 years old. She says, Pastor, ever since we started going to your church, my dad has changed. He doesn't get mad no more. He doesn't yell at us. And she says, I want to be like my dad. I want to stop with my attitude. She's 12. I love that. I love that. You know why? Because that's what church is all about. Church is about developing character. So one day when you give your word, that word is there. One day when you do something, you don't go back and do something else. And so the prodigal son and this whole mindset was all living the moment, living, living the appearance, living the words. No character. You know, um, God is not looking at the appearance. He's not looking at what men look at. Jeremiah 17.10 says, I search the heart. I go deeper and examine the mind to give to each man according to his character, according to his deeds. You're not selling God on coming to church today and having an appearance. You're right with God. You're not even selling God with a couple words that you say. God is looking deeper into the attitude of your heart. I, the Lord, search the heart. I, the Lord, test the mind. I, the Lord, am looking deeper so that I could give every man according to his character. So that I could bestow each man according to the fruit of his doings. And I'll tell you what, we, we're, all, we're all fall short on this. We all need to come and, and fall before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. Hold me accountable to my words. Hold me accountable. And, and the lack of character is destroying our businesses. It's, do, it's destroying our client base. It's destroying our families, our marriage. It's destroying our raising our children. I was listening to a young girl says, I'm not going to listen to anything else my father has to say because I could count on nothing he says. Nothing he says does he keep. So that's it. I don't listen to him no more. One day they say one thing. The next day they're doing another. Why are words so important? Because the words determine what is going on in the heart. Luke 6, 45. When you say words, I'm not concerned with the words. The words only show what's in the inner man. These words, ready for this? I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. You know who that is? That's character. That's Christ. That's faithfulness. 
That's something that goes beyond appearance. You could count on that. This is why the word of God is so powerful. I'm, I'm impressed that when men go to prison for a long time, you know what they get? They grab the Bible. They could count on the Bible. They could count on the promises of God. Because God is not wayward in his words. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew 12, 34, Jesus says, you bunch of snakes, how can anything good come out of you? For out of your heart, your mouth is speaking. If we're not concerned with our character, nothing's going to happen. If we're not letting God on the inside, nothing's going to happen. A heart is desperately wicked and evil, the Bible says. A person who can't govern his spirit is lost. A person who has no rule over his thoughts is lost. A person who has no rule of his words is lost. This is the prodigal son. The guy had no, say with me, no control, no character, no breaks. He was knocking everything in his life out. He couldn't inherit what God had for him. I want to tell you that the work of the cross is that which creates proven character. In Philippians chapter 2. Verse 22, Paul says this about Timothy. You know, say with me, his proven character. You know his tested character. He's a faithful man. He's not a fly-by-night. He's not here one day and gone the next. He's proven character. That guy's steadfast. Well, how did he get like that? Well, by serving as a son with his father. The, 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 what manufactures character is hardship, is difficulty, is perseverance. When we're going through troubles and we keep on going through them, we keep on going through them and we don't quit and we persevere, that forms character. So he has proven character like a son who served his father. You want character? Start being accountable to your father. You want spiritual character? Be accountable to your spiritual father. You want to be a fool? You know what you got to do. Despise your father. Despise his counsel for your life. Hate when he speaks to you. Be upset. Be resentful. Move to a faraway country. Get away from that That. That relationship. This is why the church is so powerful. Because uh, Paul says, you have a lot of teachers. Every, every church wants to teach. But who's going to hold you accountable to your character? I have guys in the churches I grew up, they would bring a wife every year. And the pastor says, good pick. This one, this was a good pick. Good, good job. No. That's not supposed to be in here. It's not supposed to be in here. In fact, we even hold the young people accountable. They can't be liking a different girl every month. How many say amen? amen. It's character. You know his proven character. He's obedient to his father in serving the gospel. I thought it was awesome to see that. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. It says this is the way that we have this is the walk the Lord has for us. We've been justified by faith. Listen to me. Faith is the work that's done at the cross. It's great. We've been saved from our sins. We're delivered. Our name is in the book of life. We're going to heaven. Tell your neighbor, we're going to heaven. But, 
But now God wants to begin to develop character. Character has nothing to do with having been saved by faith. Verse 2. Through whom? Since we've been saved, this access of faith gives us grace. What for? Verse 3. Faith gives us grace so that when we're going through hardships, we don't get sad. We don't get discouraged. We know we're in the oven. How many know they're in the oven? We're in the battle. We're fighting to develop Christ in the inside. How? By forgiving, by loving, by standing, by staying, by, by continuing to develop in times of tribulation. These tribulations will, will bring perseverance. These hardships will say, I'm staying to see what God is going to do. Verse 4. And this perseverance produces character. There's where the deep-seated stuff is. This stuff doesn't move with the winds. It doesn't move by the popular opinion. It doesn't move because of what you feel. You're not living the moment. You will spend a whole lifetime without receiving anything so that your sons might receive it. So that you would leave a legacy. You know who does that? Character. But pastor, you mean my whole life I need to suffer so my grandchildren are blessed? Yes! Yes! That's what God wants. My whole life? Yes! Pay the price so you can pass down the legacy of blessing to your children. Even though, listen, God God has promised us huge things. If they don't happen in my lifetime, I do not care. I do not care. The work that's happening in the church, Joel Olstein, I want to use him as an example. His father was a pastor and pastor for 50 years. And Joel Osteen grew up under his father being a faithful son. You know what he has? Character. You guys don't know what it is to have the largest church in America. That requires a man. It requires steadfastness, not a fly-by-night. Not somebody that when things are going wrong or right or indifferent, he quits. He throws a towel. He goes to find another job. No. He had never preached a sermon his whole life. But what was God looking for? Character. So his father died and he got up and preached. But he's not preaching something exterior. He's preaching his life. He's preaching his faithful service to his father and to the church where they served for a long time before God says, come, brother. I have a plan for you. Come. All that wasn't a waste of time. You were in the dark. Nobody knew you. Come. Come. I'm going to show you that your character is ready to the place where I've called you to. We don't. We just live the moment. Oh, I've been in church for six years. I haven't preached a sermon. You haven't served a day in church. You've come all the time, but you haven't served. You haven't been a faithful son. So where's the character? We need to ask God today, Lord, I want to have a world-changing character. I'm into this. If, if this doesn't happen till I'm 60, I'm not concerned. All the hardships, all the difficulties are developing character. When the prodigal son finishes his journey and he's sitting there with no character, 
having expended all his relationships, all his blessings, all the opportunities he had, and he's sitting there with pigs, desiring to eat the food of pigs, the Bible says, he came to his senses, and he says, let me go back home to the place where I have a father waiting for me that he could make me like one of his servants, that he could form in me something called character. So he could come and bring me and bust my chops and discipline me and hold me accountable so that I can receive an inheritance. I want to tell you that as you develop this character, people will see it in you. And the Bible says in verse 4, we're reading Romans 5 verse 4. This perseverance develops character and you know what character brings? Hope. You want to know why? Because character is not quitting. Character is not throwing in the towel. Character is not saying this is not going to happen. Character says, I'm going to see what God has promised to do in our lives. I'm going to see the fulfillment of what God has called his inheritance for my life. I'm going to inherit. And this is not for everybody. A lot of people will throw in the towel. A lot of people will quit. A lot of people want the frills of ministry. They want the, the appearance of church. They want to come in. And I'm, I'm reminded of what happens at a restaurant. When the, the food is served. It has nothing to do with what's going on in the back scenes in the kitchen. I'm reminded that when we are in the real mix of what's happening at church and the work of the Lord, it's not all fine and fancy like Sunday morning. How many say amen? What you guys are seeing here is nothing, nothing like what's happening behind the scenes and the battles we're fighting to persevere in the things of the Lord being faithful to the call of God. Let's bow our heads this morning and say, Lord, I want to be like you. I want to walk like Jesus walked. I want to talk like Jesus talked. I want to be that lifeline of God in my home. I want to be the steadfastness of thoughts that are unwavering, words that are edifying, actions that show that your spirit is in my life, that I'm disciplined, Help me to serve in the capacity of your servant. Help me to be faithful. Help me to persevere. Help me to withstand tribulation. Help me to glory in difficulties. Knowing that it's producing a character useful for you. Help me to honor my dad. Help me to honor my spiritual dad. Help me to hold on and not isolate myself and not become detached. Father, we give you thanks for what you've spoken to the church this morning. Help us to be faithful, Lord. Help us to participate. Help us to walk. Help us to live for your glory so that you could entrust bigger and greater things to us, Lord. And all these things, Lord, we, we trust that your work is perfect, that by faith grace has come to be able to do a glorious work of building us up, a spiritual house for your glory, for your goodness, and for this world to see that there's a people, Lord, willing to pay the price, Lord. We pray for our children, Lord. They have an opportunity to be wise, Lord, and not to be fools. They have an opportunity to honor their authorities and honor their parents so that everything will go well with them, so they would live a long life upon the earth, Lord. Lord, take away the veneer, the exterior gloss, Lord, of our appearance, Lord, and give us something deeper, Lord. Give us a commitment that is is solid, weighty, Lord, unmovable like your character, Lord. And we give you thanks, Lord, that you allow us to study, to show ourselves approved, to be faithful to you, Lord.
Workers that are not ashamed. Workers that are steadfast and leave a legacy to our children that we will persevere through tribulations, Lord. And character will be the evidence of and our reward, Lord. We give you thanks for the church, Lord. We give you thanks for the faithfulness of the families that gather here, Lord, that are a part of this place, Lord. And that we would export this truth, Lord, that we would export our lives to the nations, Lord, to raise up a church which is glorious, without spot, without wrinkle, Lord. Continue to refine us, Lord, in the fire. Continue to be faithful in bringing trials into our lives so that we could overcome, so that they would mold our character and we would show ourselves to be fit for the work that you have for us down the road. And we give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.